0: Hello and welcome to Quiet Confidence with Dr. Tess Crawley. How are you today? It's been a little it's been a gap in my presentation of episodes to quiet confidence for you lately. Can you believe I have had the most incredibly busy week dealing with my own confidence issues? Not because I've been lacking in confidence, but I've just had a slew, an absolute slew of challenges to my confidence thrown at me over the past week and I must say that I've risen to them in a way that I'm quite happy with and that I'm happy to share with you also. So the first was I was called to give evidence in court and this is not something that psychologists by and large love doing. I must confess being a forensic psychologist I have kind of put my hand up in the air to say well you know by virtue of being a forensic psychologist which refers to the intersection between psychology and the law well yes you know that does kind of mean that there is a high likelihood that from time to time I'll be required to go to court this particular incident was for um or incidents I should say was for a case that I worked on about 18 months ago so for me the stressful part isn't actually being in a courtroom answering questions. The stressful part is where I slip into a little moment of lapsed confidence where I worry that I can't remember the case, I won't remember why I made the decisions I made, what if I my report was stupid, All those silly little doubtful things, all those annoying little moments of doubt that we allow to creep into our thinking. And then do you know what happened? I reviewed the report that I'd written that I was going to be testifying on. It was fine. I remembered the case. I remembered why I'd made the decisions I'd made. They sounded pretty sensible. Lo and behold, here I am, knowing what I know, knowing what I'm doing, went to court, stood around for an hour and a half, case was adjourned there was no need for me to appear at all and in fact the case has been adjourned to um, much later in the year and there's a very high likelihood that i won't be called again on that particular case anyway at all so then i had another situation arise where a very valued staff member of mine has decided to move on to greener pastures and do you know what it's like When somebody you really like and really value decides they want to go play somewhere else, doesn't it throw you back into that schoolyard feeling of being, why don't people want to play with me? And I think I had a little bit of a pity party for about a day before I was able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and say, well, actually, this particular staff member has worked for me for a really long time. And the opportunity that she's moving on to is a very rare occurrence, and that's an exciting opportunity for her that I can't deny her by being selfish and we will survive businesses have stuff come and go all the time without imploding and we will be no different so it took me a little minute to get my head around it um But once I did, you know, I was able to tap into that abundance mindset that you've heard me talk about before, where I can see beyond my own needs and I can see beyond that scarcity place of, oh my goodness, what if we can't cope without this person? And realize, of course, that we will cope, that life changes. And I I made a, a comment earlier this week where I said that change, and this is a truism, This really is something that is just true of life and I'm sure you'll agree that change is inevitable but it's up to us to choose whether or not to use change as a growth opportunity and that's something that I'm encouraging my team to do, that's something I'm encouraging my mentoring clients to do and of course every now and then I have to remind myself (laughs) to do the same thing too. Then the next couple of little challenges came up which were, um, one was a short notice request for a radio interview on a topic that I haven't really spoken about publicly before and not not anything outside my area of knowledge it was I was asked to talk about phobias which is quite a common area for psychologists to be involved in working with Um, but I hadn't really ever had the opportunity or the request to speak publicly about phobias before so I really did feel that I needed to make sure I brushed up on my current knowledge around phobias and then the very next morning I was interviewed for the television for a story uh, related to crime. And that's a story that will go to air in Australia sometime in the future. I don't know when. So a lot of exciting things have happened this week, but each one of them threw a slightly different curve my way and it brought the idea to mind of comparisons that we make with others. We compare ourselves negatively to other people. So for example, with the uh, the interview about phobias, I had a little minute where I thought, I'm not the best person in the world to ask about phobias. I'm not the expert in phobias. I'm not X, Y, Z, fill in the gaps, confidence, doubting, self-doubt type self-talk. And really, at the end of the day, the interview itself wasn't about me being the most specialized expert person in the world on phobias it was about me being someone who's comfortable talking on the radio who can answer some sensible questions about phobias and so I have to remind myself that what I offer the community and and this is why I'm telling you this story is because I want you to apply this to yourself what you offer to the community is unique to you and people value it even if sometimes you doubt that and I think it's really important sometimes take a step back and say what is it that I'm beating myself over the head about what is this self-doubt that I'm allowing to creep into my self-talk and why am I letting myself do that because it's not what other people are talking about it's not what other people value so sometimes we doubt the things that don't matter we worry about the things that don't matter instead of Focusing on what is unique about us. I've talked about that before. And also, not only what is unique about us, but what is our value? What is our worth? What is it that people see in us that is uniquely valuable that they don't see in somebody else? So, for example, imagine that you're in a relationship with somebody who's got brown hair and green eyes and is. Six foot tall. Now there are lots and lots of brown haired, green eyed, six foot tall people in the universe. But there's something about that one person that you're in a relationship that you find uniquely valuable. And the same would be true of what they find uniquely valuable about you. So it's true in our working lives. It's true in our personal lives. And it's true in our creative and leisure filled lives as well, that we have something uniquely valuable that others see that we might not. And so sometimes it's really important to sit back and have a think about that. How would my best friend describe me? How would my children describe me? How would my work colleagues describe me or my partner in life describe me? And they would all have something different to say, but I think that when we imagine those words coming out of the mouths of those people that we love and trust, we have to then start asking ourselves the questions why are we not claiming those values for ourselves? Why are we not owning what it is that other people see in us? Why is it that we compare ourselves negatively to others? So, I've been talking today with my mentor and clients about this concept, specifically to the relationship that we have with our professional identities and as mental health professionals there are lots of different types of mental health professionals in the world. Uh, There are social workers and there are psychologists and there are counsellors and there are mental health accredited occupational therapists and psychiatric nurses and doctors who specialise in mental health conditions. There's so many of us and we could get stuck on What piece of paper we carry around in our back pocket? What is our credentials? We could get stuck on that and focusing on comparing whether or not we feel uh, valued based on our credentials. Psychologists do this a lot when comparing themselves to psychiatrists. Social workers do it a lot when they compare themselves to psychologists and so on it goes. When in relation to the real world, our clients... They don't care what piece of paper we carry by and large. What they care about is that, first of all, that we've got a good reputation and that we provide good work and that we are going to make their lives better. Now, sometimes we do that through clever skills that we've learned through our training. Sometimes we do that by being very skilled listeners. So I want you to have a think about what is it in your life that you are downplaying your worth because you're comparing yourself negatively to someone else. It might be that you're an accountant, but you're not a chartered practicing accountant. Or it might be that you're a general practitioner and you're not a heart surgeon. It might be that you're a gardener, but you're not a landscape architect. Whatever it is in your life that you're doing and that brings you value, but every now and then you fall into that pit of self-doubt and you start comparing yourself negatively with others, One, I want you to just stop and think, hang on a minute, who are the people in my life who value what I do? Who are the people in my life that tell me that what I do is worth something to them? Then think about that. Can you own that? And can you proudly then Claim your seat at the table alongside other professionals. Stop making it about a competition and say, you know what? We each bring something unique, regardless of our qualifications or regardless of our experience or regardless of our hair colour or whatever it might be that you're using as the comparison point. We all bring something unique and uniquely valuable to that table and we all deserve to be there. So that's the message i've got for you today own that uniqueness we've talked about it before own that uniqueness stop comparing yourself negatively stop the self-doubt when you hear yourself talking yourself down catch that and say to yourself stop it enough so that's it from me today i hope that's helpful for you i'm moving on to my very next task for the day which is another mentoring session with a client i'm really looking forward to that And I will talk to you again soon. And I promise to do my level best to not let life interfere with our little chats because I really do value them. Have a great day. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye for now.